Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we're returning to the world of Big Finish again. And we've picked an audio story this time from the uh, Eighth Doctor era. And this one is called Minuet in Hell. But first, some news. And um, now we're recording on Wednesday, the 5th of August. And uh, today's been a, um, a couple of sort of breaking items of news. We're actually sort of fairly topical for once, aren't we? Yeah, apart from by the time anyone's listening to this, they've either both been debunked or... <laughs> well, exactly. Um, but the other thing as well, because this episode's gone out later than normal as well, so it's not out, you know, it hasn't gone out on the, on the Sunday as normal. Um, but yes, now the news has broke... It's last week's news this week. Yes, indeed. It's the olds, everybody. <laughs> um, it's um, Now, um, this has come from Private Eye. Um, now, they've had a bit of history of Doctor Who in the past, haven't they? Because I think, didn't they... Uh, they were the ones that sort of broke that Matt Smith was leaving. I seem to recall they broke some. They broke some big news which everybody debunked, and it actually turned out to be completely true. If you've survived your coughing fit, yeah, sorry yeah, about yeah. that. <laughs> um, it was just shock. Was it was, yeah. It. <laughs> um, no, yeah, there, there was something, wasn't there? there? There was a couple of things they've run that was pretty much. Was it, was it was it Matt Smith or we're trying to think? Oh, this, there, this, this is so new. We haven't been able to actually look back and see. I know, other. I know. Or was wasn't it so to do was. with a falling out with Moffat or so? Wasn't the, the the producers weren't happy with or the BBC hierarchy weren't happy with Moffat? And that was uh, that one yeah. was a load of BS, wasn't it? Yeah, there was there was one. Yeah, that basically they wanted to get rid of him and all this, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. was, wasn't it that they was going to sell the film rights over his head and. Yeah. I think that was all about that time as well. It was, yeah. Yeah, there was some so, weird stuff being said. Well, basically, today's room, and you've, and you've, by the time it's gone out, you've probably all read this anyway, because I say it's quite a big, big news. But Private Eye, in their media news section, are reporting that BBC staff have been told that um, they've been informed that showrunner Stephen Moffat's commitments to his other hit show, Sherlock, mean there will be no full series of Doctor Who in 2016. But there's no naming of any source or, or anything like that. Now, on the Den of Geek website, they've um, tried to contact, or contact the BBC for some sort of official response. And all they said was, it's too early to confirm the schedule for future series at this point. And just we're all excited for the new series that starts on 19th of September, which obviously is going to be their major concern at the moment. Yeah. Not Series 10. Now, obviously, a couple of weeks back, we reported that Series 10 has already been confirmed. Yeah. So we know that that's happening. Um, however, there's something, yeah, just yeah. not what it, what series, how series ten is made up. Yeah, exactly. Now is this going to be like, a, I don't know, like a, a series nine point five or something? Is it going to be a load of specials or is this? Is it going to be like we had series seven with six next year and? Yeah, it could be six episodes sometime yeah. in April. The it could be. Or it, it could just be a load of bollocks this story or there is no series until 2016 so we're not going to know until it's announced officially to be honest there's going to be rumors flying around all over the shop about this one but i think it sort of raised a few interesting 
sort of conversations, really. I'm sort of playing devil's advocate here. Do you think that it would be a good idea to give Doctor Who a year's rest? Um, no, I don't think. Well, <laughs> this point this view may change in the next. Yeah, it might. It might change. Up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as we're sitting here now, I don't think so. The, the reasons for resting the series, I'd have thought, would be more to do with either you can't get the actors, or yeah. an actor's leaving, or something like that. Then I could see you do it then. Mm. But while you've got probably the person you want to be the Doctor the actor you want to be the Doctor at the moment, hmm. you risk, I'd have thought, putting it off, that he'll just say, well, I'll go and do other things then. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and you exactly. know, I, I do, they I, can't very well turn around and say, well, you've got a contract, because they'll say, well, yeah, but you're not fulfilling it. No, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't want... I mean, I don't want Capal, uh, Capaldi, Capaldi, when you pronounce his surname. Cool. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want him to leave the role just yet, because there's all those rumours he was just going to be a one-series doctor, yeah. which is now proven to be, you know, utter rubbish. Um, and, OK, we don't know what's happening after the end of this series. I'm, I'm quite sure we would have known by now if he'd left it. There's no I'd, way that- I'd, I'd have thought there was more... Well, I don't know. Yeah, I'd have thought there was more reason that you'd do you'd take a break if is if it was for the actor rather than than Stephen Moffat. Stephen Moffat, exactly. Um I would that, have thought it's been going long enough now for Doctor Who for there to be a case that it could that he could delegate two people. Mm. On that may have to take a back seat. I mean it might be good if he had to take a back seat with some of the writing. And just let a series go without actually story arc, or just let's let's have twelve independent stories mm. by twelve different writers, and just have him basically overseeing it from that point of view. Because well, this this is this is one of the other conversations that that's that's arisen from from this sort of rumor. I'm not going to say announcement; it's just a rumor. Uh, is that this is sort of the chance to you know, get rid of Moffat. Uh, now, this happens all the time. There, were, there was a lot of sort of, I was going to say, hatred towards Moffat. I think it's just a, just a lot of dislike of where he's sort of taken the show and where he's taken the character. Um, I don't necessarily agree with a lot that's said on, on that front, to be honest, and I really don't think there's anyone... We've said previously many, many times in this podcast, I personally don't think there's anyone else who can actually take his place at the moment. No. I really don't. As a showrunner, I really don't. I don't think Mark Gatiss, I know he's probably going to be the person to do it. I don't honestly think he's got the, you know, as a corner of phrase, he's got the chops to, to take it on. I don't know. I'm sure people will tell you everyone's replaceable. Oh, yeah. Um, but I don't think at the moment Moffat is. I can't seriously think of anybody who could take it over. I really don't. I mean, everyone's sort of like said about, oh, yeah, Jamie Matheson could do it or... Um, so, you know, some of the various writers that contribute, but they've never actually been a showrunner. Yeah. They've contributed uh, scripts and that's it. They never produced the show. They've never overseen, you know, casting decisions and things like that. It's a big, big responsibility. And let's be honest, Moffat has got experience. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I just don't know. The, the, the main thing that makes me think that they wouldn't want to have a cut down series 10 or just a few specials is hmm. just from the point of the BBC A put it into their report where they was trumping how much money they make overseas 
Well, this and how thing. much they're watched. Exactly. They may well. Yeah. They don't know how their version of Top Gear is going to go now, which no. is their other money spinner. Yeah. If that dives, what they don't, they, they could have a 2016 where their two biggest shows mm. aren't there. Exactly. I, this and is, I can't I'm, see them wanting to do no, that. No, I cannot see that. I mean, it's been it's their highest earner abroad. It's the most now most popular show. It's overtaken yeah. Top Gear in overseas sales. And overseas viewing figures, and I cannot see any real reason why the BBC, as you said, will drop it for an entire year. I would want to. Exactly. Pressure would be put onto that. Because I because I I honestly do think I don't think Top Gear will be anywhere near successful abroad now. I really don't. Because I I think because I personally think like Chris Evans is an even more Marmite character than Jeremy Clarkson is. To be honest. Yeah, I, I really I, do, and that was that was a part of the whole appeal that of that show was Clarkson, Hammond, and May. Mm. That was it. Um, what their lineup? We, well, we don't know what the lineup is, but 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 yeah, but at the moment it is completely an unknown. It is, um, and you would have thought they they want to keep something a bit more certain. Yeah, at, yeah. At this point in time, you'd think they'd then really be trying to push, or at least make sure that the, the stuff that they have got that they know sells and they know. Gets a, a worldwide audience. Yeah, is there at the forefront of their programming? Yeah, precisely. So yes, I did, the timing of it would be very, very odd just from the BBC's point of view. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're not going to announce anything like. I mean, I know the BBC's got a very poor track record of keeping these sort of things secret, haven't they? Um, but I think it would be pretty suicidal of them at the moment to start people panicking before the new series is even aired. You know, series nine. We're talking about, and they're talking about series ten yeah. here. Um, so, as I say, it's just a rumor. It's just a rumor. I think a lot of people are putting uh, a lot of. There's a lot of wishful thinking going into this as well. So I think this is their big chance to get rid of Moffat, um, which I don't think the BBC will, will do. No, so, again, because be would they want to go into a step into the unknown? At this yeah. Point in time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, this is the other no. thing. I mean, apparently there is going to be a full series of Sherlock going in production in 2016. So that's why people are saying that's why Moffat can't do both. But he has done them both before. What is a full series of Sherlock? Because before they've just been, what, three episodes each series? It's probably what's going to be now, isn't it? They're basically like three, three or four feature films, aren't they? Yeah. It's not, it's not like they do like a um, with Doctor Who where you've got like each year it's been like 12, 45 or 50 an hour long episodes. Yeah. Uh, to, to, you know, to film, not including the Christmas special as well. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, the whole thing about Sherlock, it's, it is down to their stars. It's well, because mm. they've got, you know, film careers and, and, and whatnot going on now. So, um, it's down to their schedules. Yeah. I mean, as we've been talking about, it's the only worrying thing would be the fact that as we're saying this about why you've got the actor you want and that is if there's more, more a case if, if there was a, chance that he had suggested that he'd go some point um, before or during series 10 Mm. or didn't want to do a full series 10 then that would be more of a reason and i'd be more worried on that yes i would then i would than just moffitt's other commitments yeah yeah precisely precisely so i think as if we get any more sort of 
you know any more rumours surrounding this. Obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss this um, as and when they as and when they arrive. But as I, think, I say, by the time you've listened to this, this may well have all blown over, or blown over, or, 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 been or have been confirmed. Yes, yeah. indeed, indeed. So you know, um, as we said at the beginning, we, we could be out of date immediately. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're on to um, some actual series nine news now. Um, it's announced today that uh, Reece Shearsmith. Um, has been confirmed as appearing in episode nine of series nine of yes. Doctor Who. Um, yes, now those of you who don't know, surprisingly written by the one, but the yes, one by Mark Gatiss. Yes, written by Mark Gatiss. Those of you who don't know, Reece she- uh, Shearsmith was one of the members of the League of Gentlemen, which um, Mark Gatiss and Steve Pemberton has also previously appeared on Doctor Who. Um, I, mean, I can't remember the last time League of Gentlemen did anything together, actually. No. As the League of Gentlemen, I honestly don't. Honestly, don't. I think they did a theatre thing recently, or a year or so ago. But yes, um, they say all gone off and had other careers. Yes, indeed, indeed. Now, um, obviously, for those of you who remember an adventure in space and time, uh, Shea Smith played Patrick Troughton, uh, basically right at the very end, didn't he? Yes, really. For- for those of you two minutes. Yes, indeed. Time. They made a big thing about him being Patrick Troughton. He was hardly in it, was he? Ah. So. But quite rightly, I mean, it would just it would have gone on too far if you'd have done that. I mean, it just, yeah, exactly. It was just that one scene, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, now, I think at the time we said, "Oh, Mark Gatiss had to look long and hard to find." Yes. He wanted to do Patrick Troughton, so indeed, yeah. <laughs> Again, I suspect there's been a case of if you've got a friend that's writing for Doctor Who to that extent, you're uh, well, you're and gonna, you want to be in it, then well, eventually you're going to get part, yourself, you? yeah. <laughs> If he doesn't cast me this year, I... <laughs> yeah, that's it. I might as well just give up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, um, Shearsmith goes on to say, "I'm absolutely thrilled to be filming Doctor as Mark Gatiss has written a fantastic role for me in a very scary episode. It's been so exciting to be part of a very singular episode, which I can say with authority will be unlike any previous episode of Doctor Who." Hmm, that's that's piqued my interest. Anyway, don't know what to make okay. out of that. Yeah, although we always get these sort of things said. <laughs> yeah, and then you watch it and it's like a massive disappointment, be, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, It's going to be the scariest episode ever and it's going to be, yeah. Okay, mm, we'll yes, wait and see. Been there, seen it, done it really, haven't we? Yes. So Now, um, another thing that was released this week as well, the BBC released an iconic image, didn't they? Yes. Yes, which it says from The Magician's Apprentice, apparently. And um, now, I must admit, I haven't retweeted this. I haven't put this on the Facebook group because I can't be bothered. To be honest, I really cannot be bothered. Um, it's just another cliche photograph: the Doctor and, and Clara rowing away from an explosion, hand in hand, isn't it? Yeah, it's nothing we haven't seen before. To be honest, no, no, um, yeah, that's all I can say. Really, another poorly photoshopped f- um, photograph. Yeah, I'm liking the check trousers though on on the the Doctor. Yeah, that's all I can say. It, about is, it. it is a case that. He does look like he's running for his life. She looks like she's running for a bus, doesn't it? It does, actually, yes. And um, the way she's sort of longingly gazing at the Doctor as well. Um, yeah. Okay, I could take it or leave it, really. Yeah. Oh, dear. All right, I'm on the downer about Siri. They're, they're, they're trying to you know, tempt us in with little photographs and, and nice pictures for Series 9. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> by the end of the by the end of this news section, where we're like, thank God there's only four four episodes of series ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, oh crikey! Yeah, well, we're not long to wait now, is it? No, it's not long to wait now. A little over a month till we till we get new who. 
So uh, anyway, on to the on to our last news item now, and um, this isn't really really connected to Doctor Who. It's just a one of the the occasional sort of fun items we have on here, isn't it? Yes. It's, it's one of those sort of Trim McDonald and Fadley sort of sort of <laughs> things you used to have on there. Um, now. NASA, um, so they just released plans for naming areas of Pluto's moon. Now, I don't know if, is it Charon or Charon or Sharon? I don't know. Yeah, I've sort of lost on that one. Yeah, it's the, I just call it Sharon, actually. Pluto's moon Sharon. It all, be, <laughs> all bits Tracy as well, I, I understand. <laughs> um, now, pay, pay, apparently this is based on the International Astronomical Union's recommendations. Um, they've been naming certain locations on the of of the moon did they they frankly to go on strike did they ballot their members i think they must have done actually (laughs) and um now they've named a few places um with quite quite a few sort of famous sci-fi related names haven't they um now you've got doctor related you've got the uh, gallifrey macula you've got the tardis chasma um, which is the two Doctor related ones. But then you've got the Nostromo Chasma and the Ripley Crater. Those of you who don't know, that's from Alien. Skywalker Crater, Leah Organa Crater, the Vader Crater, uh, Serenity Chasma. That goes back to Firefly, which we talked about um, last week. Yeah. Um, we've also got the Spock Crater, the Vulcan Planum, uh, or Planum, what you would call it, Kirk Crater, the Clark Mons, after obviously Clark, the Sulu Crater. And the Kubrick Mons yeah, as well. I'm slightly looking at that and I'm thinking why Clark and Kubrick dumped him with Star Trek. Exactly. Exactly. I don't quite understand that because I thought they deserved a, a, an area all of their own, their actually. Their own, yeah. yeah. I, thought so. and I thought there was a, something they could have could have had a monolith or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought it would been good, wouldn't it? <laughs> Oh, imagine if they actually sort of they actually sort of zoom in a bit more on the Kubrick crater and there's a, there's a monolith in the middle of it. <laughs> Oh wow, that would be fantastic! Bloody hell, oh, I'd love but, that. Yeah, but yeah, it's just a, it's a bit slightly random in there. It I is mean, actually because I mean, because obviously you you want to name a planet properly. Well, of course you would, wouldn't you? You you want to take it all seriously, wouldn't you? Of course. <laughs> and actually, how am I saying this? I mean, it, I, I sort of lost the. The, the, I lost the plot, basically. Yeah, on, on the Pluto, <laughs> lost, lost the will is, to live. Is <laughs> still a, is it a planet? Is it what? I mean, now I can't remember now. But there was talk about it being demoted as one of the nine planets, as, from, as being the ninth planet, They're wasn't they? Constantly talking about that, aren't they? Just... So I, yeah. So I'm not quite sure where even saying planet was right there. So hmm. oh, sci- yeah. scientists say, what do they know? <laughs> What are them and their facts? I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's just, yeah, it's it's an odd one, really. It is an odd one. It is an odd one. But it's just sort of one of those <laughs> little fun items to round off the news, wasn't it? <laughs> this, is just, this is just them trying to prove that they're not all geeks at NASA, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, yeah. It, it's also proving they're doing important scientific work. Pull <laughs> <laughs> the other ones, what I'm going to say. <laughs> Okay, everybody. Well, that's it for the news uh, for this week. So coming up next is our review of Minuet in Hell. So for another week, then, that was the news. Okay, everyone. It's time for another Big Finish review. And as we said previously, this week we are covering Minuet in Hell. 
The legends of Gallifrey speak of a world where everything is horror, horror and pain. A world from where there is no escape, from the creatures who crawl on the crust of the land, from the lost and the hopeless and the broken and the doomed. Strange chap, that one. If it's all right, I may pop back again tomorrow to check up on him. Fellow interests me. No problem, Mr. Lethbridge-Stewart. Uh, tomorrow, any time. The legends of Gallifrey speak of a world in the name of the world they speak of. Is hell. Hell is where I have come to last. And there can be no escape. <laughs> And so I cannot escape my own hell. You're a bit of a sad case, aren't you? And I do believe you have the honour of kicking this one off, don't you, Paul? I do. Okay, what do you think? Um, I quite like this story. Hmm. Um, but there are a few things that's great with me. Okay, okay. Um, mainly the accents. <laughs> that's the um, yeah, that's the elephant in the room, isn't it? It is, yeah. It is for me as well. Um, I, I just to sort of counter your your sort of take on it. I didn't really much care for it. No, if I'm honest. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll go on, we'll go we'll go on to that but we'll, as we get into a bit deeper. But yes, the accents. Mm. Um. I just yeah, they're just yeah. too over the top, aren't they? Really? Well, I do you know and what? Not, and not really consistent. No, they were, do you know what? They were on the pole with the accents in the Gunfighters. Yeah, weren't they? Really? You sort of. I mean, a lot of the time, you sort of get the feeling this is meant to be set in the like you know the deep south um, of, of of America, and they just couldn't maintain the accents. And a lot of the words they had the, the like the, the British sort of uh, sort of inflection on on certain. Vowels and, yeah. and everything. It just didn't work. It just really well, didn't work isn't at all. The person that plays Dashwood Canadian. Now you would have thought he would have had She's... a problem, really, would you? Well, I don't know though. There's a, there's a bit of a difference. There's a fair amount of space between Canada and the the deep south of America, as this would have the accent he would have been <laughs> trying to pull off. It's, um, it's like Bill Fuller. It's, it's just, it's it's just like... like it's almost like that case of ah, you're from the other side of the Atlantic. Oh, you can do the accent then. <laughs> It's like Bill Fowler never happened, isn't it? I mean, mm. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just, ah, oh, I don't know. It, 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 it really did sort of, um, really grated on me. And the actor um, playing Waldo Pickering, yeah, I mean, I mean, again, his was all his accent was all over the place. But there was certain he's times, American, though. <laughs> I know that was what I could understand. Um, but the other thing as well, at certain points, he sounded like the Sheriff J. W. Pepper, yeah, at the Bond film, and that, I mean, that's a character that grates anyway. Um, so immediate because I immediately thought of him when every time I heard Waldo Prickering talk. So it, it, the characters grated on me immediately. Um, yeah. So anyway, and, yeah, and, and and basically the, the the speech and the the phrasing from from the demon as well. Marcosis was just like, mm, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. That um, yeah, I've, yeah. There, there's certain things there that. I mean, okay, well, we'll get. I mean, what did you think of the story itself? Anyway, I know we sort of touched on the the accents. What about the story? 
I like the idea of the Doctor and somebody else not being quite sure who they are. Yeah, see, this is the bit I I wasn't overly struck on because we've done that already with the Eighth Doctor, haven't we? He started his regeneration. Like, who am I? And we're, we're, and we're back yeah. to and we're back to that again. So for but me, not, it, it just to a certain extent. No. I mean, I, I quite no, I quite like the the bit where you had Crane and the Doctor and Crane trying to convince the Doctor that actually he's, he's just a madman. Um, but that was an interesting twist on it. Yeah, yeah, it was. And I, and I did like that, and I did like the fact of you wasn't quite sure how much the Doctor really did know, mm. and how much he was just trying to sound out where he was going. Yeah, and yeah. obviously later on you find out actually that he did know a lot more than he was than he was actually letting on. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. was actually then quite good as well because you actually sort of then the Doctor then does take charge, which is what you sort of want in these sort of. It was, Stories. But, it, but it was kind of four episodes or three and a half episodes. The Doctor not doing a lot, really. No, or sitting, or cells, sitting just running yeah, exactly. memories and, and mm, whatever. And then all of a sudden, he just sort of bursts into life in the last quarter of the story, or last quarter or half, I should say, of the um, of, of the final episode. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I suspect, I suspect, I the, the 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 thing. What the main reason why I like this again is we always come back to when when. He's involved is Nicholas Courtney. Courtney, yes, yes. And the one thing about this story is it does give him a reasonable amount of time to actually hold the story together, rather yeah. than just being a peripheral figure. Well, I like the fact that he was there undercover, yeah, as well. That he wasn't just sort of circumstantial. He was there. It was more circumstantial that the Doctor was there more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, rather than like the brigadier just popping up for for no good reason. Yeah, um, and he was there, and he was actually quite the authoritative brigadier, wasn't he? He, he was. Yeah, who, he knew exactly what he was doing there. He knew who was trying to pull the wall over his eyes and whatever. Yeah, and was, was yeah, and was I just actually like that performance? And probably I'm, I'm willing to let nearly everything else go on this film. <laughs> the goodwill for Nicholas Courtney. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, and it, and I think yeah, I think he just does, does carry the story through. Mm. I think had it just been another character that was just say a person sent over from England to mm. just to, to look into it, it probably wouldn't have been as interesting to me. No, probably not actually. I think I think if it weren't for the fact that Nicholas Courtney uh, was in this, um, I wouldn't have enjoyed it at all. No, to be honest. I, I, I really wouldn't. I just thought it was... It, it couldn't, to my mind, I don't know if you when you thought something similar or completely disagree with me, but to me, the tone of the story was all over the place. It couldn't seem to make up its mind whether it's trying to be serious or a comedy. Yeah. And I think that's why it, it, just, it just didn't work for me. Well, and mainly that goes down to the 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 acting and the... Lines of Marcosis, doesn't it? It does because you've got Which, yeah, you've got yeah, a, a, a demon switched from being wanting to eat people and to whatever yeah. to almost making sarcastic comments. Yeah, it, it was. It just it, it was. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to sort of equate it with, with something else, really, um, because it was. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, the whole thing you had this like. Um, Mental Institute that the that the doctor finds herself in. You had Charlie Pollard, who's also lost her memory. She's yeah. working in the Hellfire Club. Yeah, she's one. 
yeah, it's sort of been seconded, um, seconded in with all these like other. Um, I think kidnapped actually is more kidna- of the word yes. rather than seconded. Yes, to be yeah, kidnapped. Basically, <laughs> that is the word I was looking for. Then. Uh, by Doctor Dale Pargeter, who was another um, a person with a, with a poor American accent as well. Uh, um, yeah, it was. So you got this Hellfire Club thing. Where basically, it's where all you know all these men go to to live out all their little sexual fantasies and whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, so basically, it's, it's basically <laughs> a knocking shop. It's a knocking shop, isn't it? <laughs> it's a knocking shop. That's 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 the best way to put it. But yeah, but then it, it sort of you had this whole thing about you know the, the, you had the comedy stuff with Charlie with the um, with the outfits and and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And then you have one of the the people you know one of the, the club members basically tries to like tear her clothes off and start whipping her. Yeah. Um, and that's what I mean. It just didn't sit well. If you're going to go completely serious, and let's be honest, that kind of thing is really, yes. um, and you can't, yeah, you what's can't. Being, what's being conferred as it happening to the girls is not. It's not funny, is it? No, no it, it's not funny. So I don't know. Yeah, I think this is this is my problem with it. It didn't really sit. The, the whole comedy thing with the serious side didn't really, didn't really go. And then as you said about the, the you know, the demon. What we think yeah. is a demon, that Marcosius, whatever it's called. Um, and then, yeah, even there then, it didn't really know what it wanted to do there because it sort of was setting it up as, yes, these are just creatures from uh, somewhere else. Yeah. Rather than demons from hell. Hmm. But then you had the Becky Lee character that was fighting demons and using magical words? Well, yeah, basically. <laughs> basically? It was, um, and it was. Yes, I mean that was just a riff on so, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, wasn't it? Yeah. So you know, it's sort of they then got themselves confused there as to what they wanted to do. Hmm. It really could have been trimmed down a lot in terms of that. You could have got rid of the Hellfire Club stuff completely, really. And and it, if you'd have just had the story, as in these people are doing odd things with this mach- machine and the yeah. The minds of the important people, because that, because that's all it and, was. The Hellfire Club was to get the mind, was to get the important people there, wasn't it? Under the yeah. influence of uh, yeah. Dashwood the Third, yeah. So that that was that's only purpose itself. But you could have anything other than the Hellfire Club, couldn't you? Yeah, really. Um, I mean, that sort of went a bit far. Just really, I think the most interesting part about this is, as I say, and I quite like Paul McGann's acting as as a man who's not quite sure who he is and where he is. As you say, we've had it before, but he does do it rather well. He does do it well, yes. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna disagree with that. I'm not gonna disagree with that at all. It, it's, I think it was just the, the story. It was just, the, it was just the actual, the actual story itself. It just didn't really. And that, actually, the only th- actually coming back with saying about the Brigadier, there's one thing I sort of made a mental note of was every time that there was a mention of the of a blue box. Now you would have thought the Brigadier would have been a blue box. Show me, yeah. you know. But immediately changed the subjects, and it just seems just yeah. so it could just keep the story plodding along a little bit longer till he, he figures out, you know, the doctor is here. Yeah, you know, he, he could have twigged that early if he just listened to someone. And I thought, well, if someone mentioned a, a blue box, that the he would have listened. And I think it'd actually been in more interesting also if you could have gone along with the fact that Crane was fooling him for a bit longer, mm. as in, yeah, exactly. That he was the Doctor. Yeah, because he'd, he'd never met this incarnation of the Doctor, so he had no idea, did no. he? No. 
And that that would have been interesting on that because the, obviously the only person who could identify him was Charlie. Yeah, that's right. So I mean, and he didn't know who Charlie was either. Is no. this, this is this is our second Charlie Pollard story? Yes, Chimes and Midnight. Chimes and Midnight was one. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I must. It's so long ago. I can't really sort of compare the two. To be honest. No, I mean, I think the Chimes of Midnight runs as a much better story. I think so. It's a much tighter yeah. story. It is. And relies a lot more on the... So this one doesn't really rely on the characters. It's because they're just not... I mean, they are sort of 2D characters, aren't they? You've got oh, this... Oh, they've got caricature, aren't they? Yeah. Really? So it's, it's difficult, really, to, to even have any feelings for anybody. No. No, it, in this, because there, there were no other sort of like characters that the Doctor um, sort of met whilst he was locked up. All he, all he really interacted with was Gideon Crane, yeah, um, and uh, Doctor Pargeter, and that was it really for for much of the story. So there was no other characters in there that he might have you know made friends with, and they were taken away to have their minds extracted. Because that was the whole thing about this story: this machine that they Doctor Pargeter had was. Um, it basically removed the per- the person's or the patient's mind, so they could basically perform a, a, a lobotomy on them, then put their mind back in again, so they so they would lose their violent tendencies. Or, or they're just they're basically they could be manipulated to have that was that was that yeah. Whatever. Well, that was that was the public face of it, wasn't it? Yeah. But, but behind the scenes, they were collecting yeah. all these minds for this um, demon. To um, but then you find it. I don't want to spoil it completely for everybody. Um, I, f- I think we have to go on the basis that we work on the basis that anyone listening to this, either you listen to it before you listen to us, or we are going to talk about it. Yeah, when this this story is now actually fourteen years old. Now this is released yeah. in two thousand and one. So um, I'm not really going to say you know spoilers to be honest because it's a very very old story. Yeah. It really is. Um, but I, I, I think of all the the big finish we've 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 done, this has been a this is a bit of a disappointment, really. Mm. I mean, I, I, there are still bits of it. I still do like. I mean, I still, as I say, but it's it's just I think just got a bit overblown with the. I think it's just the accents grated with me as much. Also, also, right at the end, it sort of tried to wrap everything up too quickly again. Yeah, makes you think they've just tried to pack too much into it, really. Yeah, it looks that, like it. And the fact, you know, the sort of thing that suddenly the, the doctors worked out how to get everybody's minds back into their bodies, no matter where they are, it, it can find them through the ether or whatever and give them back their proper mind. It yeah, just, exactly. Yeah. It was very, very, very. Too... It was almost like a, an RTD ending, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. Very, very much so. Yeah, just pull an idea out of the air and, yeah, that'll do. That's how we'll wrap it up. How do we wrap this up? Oh, oh you know, it's almost like they ri- it was written and then someone's pointed out to them before just before those recording. What happened about the other people who had their minds altered? Oh, um, yeah. Uh, hang on a minute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, he just he just does this and it the machine sends them all back. Yeah, yeah. It was a little bit contrived that bit, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's actually the bit probably when it gets to that you just sort of think mm, you really have sort of not quite work this one all the way through and you've just got too caught up on different bits mm, yeah I, I know exactly what you mean there I know exactly what you mean but, uh, but this one um, I'm going to say funnily enough but I can understand why this was part of a series that was broadcast on BBC Radio 7 or BBC Radio 4 Extra as, it, as it's now known 
uh, yeah. back in 2005. But this one was actually dropped for, um, f- um, from the broadcasts mm. um, because because of its mature subject matter. I was going to say, for the reasons that you've gone into and the yeah. fact that it doesn't quite know where it... Where it's going. Goes. Yeah. Because yeah. um, we said about, like, the, the you know, the... Um, the the portrayal of, of the demon was one minute. It was sort of actually, it wasn't serious at all. The demon no. said wasn't. And so at the end, I mean, even when it had Becky Lee strung up from the ceiling, um, yeah. and it was based to do all manner of unspeakable things to her. Really, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Um, but even that was sort of play for laughs as well. And I, I don't know. It, it just wasn't really when you sort of you sort of got an idea what it was going to do, and that wasn't funny. No. Well, and 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 where it went, where that goes to just wasn't very no nice. So you know, yeah, I mean, obviously it is, but it's just yeah, there, there was just a, a question there that it wasn't quite sure where it was. It was, it really didn't know what it wanted to be. This no, story. it didn't. It didn't. Which is, uh, it's a shame. It's a shame because I, I you know, Paul McGann is, is one of my favourite actors in the role. Yeah, he really is. I think he's an outstanding actor uh, as the Doctor. I mean, yeah, as I say, I quite like his portrayal in this, and I think it would have been much better if that had been the main story and forget most of the other stuff yeah. around it. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, you... And there, 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 was, there, was, there was the nods and that, wasn't there? As far as the Brigadier was concerned, back to to other things, wasn't there? Like the fact of the, the, the website he had to log into was all... Top dog and it was trap one and all that. Tra- so- yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That was that, that was nice to hear again, especially yeah, know, coming from, coming from Courtney. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it, it did seem to it. It did sort of. I think to me, the story sort of came alive when Nicholas Courtney was in it. Uh, but apart from that, I wasn't really. It's, it's, it's taken because again, because you know the dialogue wasn't that great, the acting wasn't that great, the accents were all over the shop. Yeah. Um, and so the story. You know the, the the whole tone of it was all over the place as well. I just found it a bit of a a bit of a disappointing mess, really. It wasn't really just yeah. It just didn't know what it wanted to be, did it? No. What it really needed to be was just basically Paul McGann and Nicholas Coulton. Oh <laughs> yes, indeed it did. <laughs> and if we could have just had an hour of them two talking to each other, I'm sure we'd have enjoyed it a lot more. Oh god, yeah. I certainly would have done anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Well, I think this is going to be quite a quick. A quick review this one actually because I yeah. say there wasn't an awful lot to this, was there? No, I mean, there's, 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 you know, it's it's if you want to sit there and pull it apart as we do, then it's it's not going to stand up to any real scrutiny. No, it's not. It's not. But the important thing is though, would you recommend this to anybody? Based on what we just, we, as I said, we just pulled it apart. Would you recommend it? Um, yes, because of Nicholas Courtney. Courtney. And if you if you're of that era as we are then you're have a happy feeling about the fact of just, just hearing him do something yeah again hear him as, as the brigadier again yeah 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 i agree i, I think it's it's a nostalgia I, thing really it's, it's nostalgia it's a, i think it's, yeah. it's, an, it's and that's a, what this story is all about for the listener yeah. It's nostalgia. It's not the actual story itself. It's it's the it's nostalgia. It's the first time that the the brigadiers met the eighth doctor. Yeah. Um. In you know the, in the continuity of things. Um. And yeah, I, mean, I agree with you. I'd rec- I'd recommend it just on the basis that Nicholas Courtney's in this. Uh, yeah. And you know, it's. I know I, I didn't particularly like it, but other people might do. You know, that's just my personal opinion. I, I personally. 
I'd say there's probably other big finish audios that we've already covered. I'd say listen to them first before you listen to this one. Yeah. It's, it's just undemanding. I think if you're in the right mood for it, then then fine. You, you might you might enjoy it more than I did. Don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, and, if, and if you want a, a Brigadier story that's a, it's a, it's a big finish one that's better than this, it's the one we did with the Sixth Doctor, isn't it? That we, oh, the we, um, Spectre of Lanyon Moor. Yeah. Yeah. I think, was, I think, think, think I'd go for that one out of the two if you just desperately wanted to yeah. listen to Nicholas Courtney again. Courtney but, again, no, yeah. It's worth listening to from that point of view. I think so. I think so. So, And I say this one is four episodes long as well, which I think was probably you could have done with three. Yeah. To be honest, it, it, it needed a lot, a lot of sort of trimming out of it. Maybe yeah. it might have been a, worked better if it had had a bit more trimmed out of it. Because it, it was almost to the point of being like, oh, you know, the Doctor escapes and now he's back in again. Then he's taken. It was like it was like a Pertwee story. It was almost like a frontier in space, wasn't <laughs> I it? I mean, that was that was the, that was the obvious Brigadier story, wasn't it? <laughs> he's come back from that sort of era where where all that happens is the Doctor keeps getting captured and taken. Exactly, and, and the assistant kept getting captured and taken back. That's what I mean. Just went, it went from one location back to the, the original location, and out again, and back to the original location. And yeah, it did. It, I say it, it just for me, it just sort of dragged on unnecessarily. I mean, I did like the fact that the first meeting of the the doctor and the brigadier, the brigadier takes him back to the people. He does. He takes him straight back to back to the asylum. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Right, shall we? Shall we leave that there? Have you, or have you got anything else to, to add? Or? No, no, um, yeah, no, um, yeah, leave that there. Leave that there. Yeah, a very short review that one. But as, as we said, there wasn't an awful lot to lot to it apart from Nicholas Courtney, really. So yeah. there we go. So um, now we're on a break week next week. Um, so when we return, uh, we're back to Target again, aren't we? We are. And we've actually had picked a Target book this time, haven't we? Yes. Yeah. Not 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 a uh, a Virgin New Avengers masquerading as as a target novelisation. Um, now we we picked a Fifth Doctor story, haven't we? Yes. Yes. And uh, we're going to do the Awakening. I don't know if it's a good idea or not, but we're going to be doing it anyway. <laughs> it's a long time since I've seen that. So. Same here. Same here. Actually. So um, yes, it could prove interesting. It could prove very very dull. Who knows. Who knows what's going to happen with that one? Listen to this, yeah, space, as they say. Yeah, watch this space or listen to this space. So, yeah, so that's what's coming up next on the Who's He podcast. So, until next time, everybody, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. To the Who's He podcast, please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast, and please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance.